How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Uh, and, you know, how do you enjoy prosperity? Well, you do all the stuff that got you there in the first place. This is Dirt and Sprague. All the little things, you know. It's not <clears throat> some deal where you, you know, you... I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain, but... Andy Dirt Johnson. Where, where, you know, instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want <clears throat> to sit behind a, a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. And Brendan Sprague. Uh... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better, too. Um, well, then, we marched it downfield. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on 1080, The Fan. God, that's good. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Mike Leach. Thank you. Yeah, that should go in the rotation. That's, uh, that's I think that's rotation. a regular open. Until Leach does something incredibly problematic, which is possible. I think we need to do the, uh, we need to pull the sitting by your fat girlfriend under the trees and drop. Swag. We have all that. So I, what I did yesterday was, I shared this earlier for the audience just tuning in. I, I got home and I said, I saw this cut a couple days ago. I had it on my show notes for Tuesday. I didn't get to it. I'm like, damn it. So I said, you know what? Instead of just playing some cuts, I'm going to make an open. I made an open last time. Me and Swag got in an argument, and it wasn't the greatest of opens, but I thought it was funny, and it's it was timely, and so there you go. It's gone. I'm like, I'm going to make a legit open. Here we go. So I dove in, and I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I was laughing legitimately for about a half hour here listening to this press conference. <laughs> it's, it's just absolutely insane. So, Swag, this is what I'm going to do. I want to bring some of these cuts back to highlight them. Okay. I want to, if you have them up, and I, I have believe, all five of them. Okay, I believe they're they're labeled. I want you to play the shade tree one <laughs> because this needs to be highlighted that he said this was his, what his players are choosing to do instead of continuing to be prosperous. <clears throat> Sit behind a, a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. First off, fish sandwich? What are we doing here, Mike? Okay, we're going fish sandwich? I think that's regional. I think he knows, is that I think a, he knows yeah. where he is. Okay, all right. Out of Mississippi. I Fat was, little girlfriend under the tree I drinking was, a lemonade? I, I, I was dying because I couldn't stop having an image in my brain 
of Mike Leach on a campus seeing his like defensive back and going, girl. "Oh, is that your fat little girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Get your ass back to practice! What are you doing with your fat girlfriend?" <laughs> can we can we also play? So this is the one that actually got me like I was cackling on my bed, like I was laughing that hard I just couldn't breathe. <laughs> this is the getting. I want you to really think about this. He starts with a cough. And then he tells you that he's getting better, and I want you to listen to after he says I'm getting better how it ends. <laughs> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better too. Um, well then, <clears throat> we marched it downfield. Golly. He can't talk because the cough is. Listen to the very end of that phlegm-filled statement of it's getting better. We marched it down the field. <laughs> sounds like he's choking on something. Sounds like he's dying. God, I, look, here's what I'll. Can I like the Mike Leach thing? I he's incredibly entertaining. I love these clips are hilarious. The video, did you see the video of him walking on the sideline? I did with the chair. They thing. had the chairs yeah. out for like defensive players to sit down, and he was folding them all and throwing them on the ground because <laughs> he was so disappointed with, with the their effort, with the way they were playing. You can't sit down during a timeout. Was you haven't it, earned a chair. Was it 1974? All right, Mike. Uh, I am so glad that guy's not my coach. <laughs> Because this stuff would drive me absolutely nuts. Would it? It would. It would drive me bonkers. Like, like ultimately, you're the head coach, and I feel like every time his teams don't play well, it turns into an argument about society and kids being lazy and millennials and Gen Zers, and like that's the road he goes down. Spoiled. He had one about his, how he was worried uh, a couple of weeks ago. His wide receivers and football players they were going to turn into T uh, Rexes, yeah, because they they just use their phones and they're always on their phones and their hands are now short and they won't go out and get balls. They won't use their hands in football. And he was like, in 10 years, they're all going to be walking around like T-Rexes with little hands sticking out of their chest. Like, all, It always comes back to some sort of societal issue or player issue when his team doesn't play well. It's never like, hey, maybe I should have done things differently as a head coach. Like, Maybe I made a mistake or two. It is always blown on his players. We also have a Mike Leach cough drop that I sent Swigard now. <laughs> <laughs> And we have this one. What is? What would you sum up our show? Because I think, I think he says it well with the uh, tough and dumb. Thing. I guess you could say we're tough and dumb. I guess you could say we're tough and dumb. We are tough yeah. though, and so that part's good. <laughs> All of this is in one press conference of twelve minutes. All of this. Oh, yeah. God. This is twelve. Did he minutes. avoid wedding advice this time? He did not get to the wedding. Oh, good. Sadly. Good. Uh, yeah. By the way, I, I said Leach might, if he does something problematic in five years, I won't be surprised. I don't think anybody would. Oh, yeah. it'll happen at some point. So maybe the Leach Open will eventually go away. I think it needs to stay in the rotation. I had a problematic open on Monday without my co-host here and my producer here. And that was just fun to sit by myself in this big-ass room now and have to explain it. One of the best opens we have, unfortunately, was put together by Dirt. And it highlights all of the local plays. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon State, a, right. a Dame Lillard game winner. Yeah. Kanye West is uh, Power Song, is the song of choice there. Oh. And so um, I had to come on the air and be like, hey, uh, look at us playing Kanye West now. <laughs> now so I got the Mike Leach. You can't even cough. play his music. <laughs> you got the Mike Leach. <laughs> <cough. laughs> <laughs> 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 
But we could go. Cha- we can go switch that out. I totally forget. I haven't heard that open in a while. Yeah, it and just so, played on Monday. Yeah. I was like, oh god, this is. We still can flip that out. I'll put like until I collapse or something in there. There's a lot of good beats you can go with that are that are motivating. Very random thing to be proud of with that open. That was well done. The that was song perfect. choice. The song choice. Lakeshore Drive. Great yeah. song. Underrated song. Underrated song. And I thought it kind of fit well tempo-wise with the way he was talking about fat little girlfriends. That's the shape. toughest part about opens is trying to mesh the music with the clips. Underrated. And it's part. not it's not easy to yeah. do. And because sometimes you have multiple clips from different things in the open, right? And so you gotta try and tie it yep. all together. The music, the music is key. Well, That's you know okay. me, my go-to is like, what rap song would work with yeah. this? Sure. I'm like, no rap song no, works with I'm, Mike I'm working on one for Thanksgiving week for the... Oh, uh, Ori- yeah. The oh. Orion Ori- Yeah. Okay. Is it for the station or for our show? No, for the show. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like making them. I just sometimes I get too lazy and I don't do it enough. Well, to do them well, it takes a lot of, because you're looking for just the right drops. You don't want it to be too long, yeah. but you want it to, you know, and then writing a script that goes around it. So, no, I'm writing script and the whole bit. Okay. So. It's but I don't know if we're sponsored that week or not. Somebody might. Oregon and Oregon State Week brought to you by. Yes. So I, can you play Getting Better one more time? I just, I love the way it ends after he says, Saturating <laughs> Better. <laughs> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better, too. It's getting better. Um, well, then <clears throat> we marched it downfield. Golly, that was a that was a serious rivalry game this week. I don't know how many people paid attention to it because Auburn just hired Mississippi State's athletic director. Yeah, they did, and they so they were Mississippi away. State fans were pissed about that, and they play, it went to overtime. Mississippi State ended up winning that game in OT. Uh, I'll ask you this: so, like, the explanation for UCLA and USC? We'll get to Oregon here, uh, probably coming up in a few minutes, but it, it really is just branded recognition right and then i'd also be curious i probably should i just thought about this and i should have did this before yesterday but i didn't think about it but i wonder how much of this has to do with usc playing in better tv windows than ucla's been in that could be the case yeah you but yeah outside of oregon game outside of oregon game the Utah game was a twelve thirty game on Fox when they smoked Utah. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. The so, Washington game was a Friday night game, which isn't great, but at least it but was it's a standalone, standalone game. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's not it. Maybe the committee's just out to lunch because I, I, I don't know, man. I outside of Brand, you said Chip Kelly's one of the more popular coaches in twenty years. You're you're not wrong, but he's also very boring. Yeah, he doesn't really give you a whole lot. And I know Lincoln isn't maybe the most loud guy in college football coaching circles the way Leach is, but. There's something about him. He's a little younger. The offense is flashy. Now it's the flashy offense at USC. I don't know. I have no other explanation for why USC is where they're at and UCLA is outside of the top 10 with their resume. There's got to be one of the metrics or one of those analytic reports that they get that that has USC way up but there. But what is it? And I don't get I don't what know it what it be. is, but I know they get I mean they UCLA get UCLA has a better rushing offense. Their quarterback yeah. plays largely the same. Their defense is way there's, better than USC. That's not even a contest. But there's, there's got to be something This is just seems to be one of those things that the committee and the committee does this in other conferences from year to year. They just have it wrong. Like, what's your best guess right now? USC is at the Rose Bowl next weekend for UCLA week. What's your best guess of what that spread is? UCLA minus three and a half. You think it's three and a half? Yeah, it'll basically be, yeah, home field advantage. Okay, so you think it's, it's 
you know, outside it's of the home field, it's a pick'em. A neutral side, it would be, yeah, a point either way. And maybe USC will win, and that will finally be the signature win for them because I bashed LSU last week getting in the top ten and what they do. They beat Alabama. Yeah. I mean, USC's got talent. Nobody doubts that. It's about how have you looked and what is your resume. And you have not – if you don't have a top 25 win on your schedule – the way you need to respond to that is by blowing everybody out. Yeah. And they're not blowing everybody out. I mean, they've had multiple games here now in a row where they're playing down to opponents. They lost, <clears throat> excuse me, the Utah game. The, the week before that, they played Washington State. That was a 17-14 game in the fourth quarter. Arizona State the week before that was tight. They didn't cover the spread. They were lucky to beat Oregon State the week before that. And then after the Utah game, they played Arizona. They gave up 37 points and only won by one touchdown. And then they played Cal, whose offense has been historically bad, and they gave up 35 points and only won by six. Like they're not covering. They have. I can't remember the last time they covered a spread as a favorite. How have they? How did they not get punished? Like if if TCU gets punished for coming from behind, but still winning. Yeah, I don't know. How does USC not get punished for? Well, barely see, that's beating not a thing that. for TCU anymore as of last night. I yeah. guess Boo was basically like, "Well, we we actually love the way they're playing in the second half. That's why we moved them up to number four. Well, but it was used against them a week ago. Yes, I, if you're that's what the committee. He's got to go out there and sell something. He can't. The problem is, is he can't single anybody out in the committee. But USC is not being punished whatsoever for no. barely beating a bad Arizona team and a and not good California team. But they will be held because of what what the Ducks did to Colorado, what Oregon State did to Colorado. If if they give up like twenty four points to Colorado, they play them on Friday. Night. I don't think they'll get punished because they'll score fifty in that game. Colorado sucks. Yeah, their defense is horrible. They'll yeah. win that game by thirty. And actually, points. this all benefits if Oregon can win out and get to that. They actually want the committee. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's carry because this because if UCLA beats USC yeah. and they beat UCLA again at a neutral site, I don't think that helps Oregon as much as getting. Yeah, you're probably right. USC winning out. Well, let's let's talk about that on the other side because I put a poll question up last night. I'm I'm curious to look at the results so far. Are if you're an Oregon fan, I know you're not looking past you dub, but I am curious in the back of your mind. Are you starting to say like, okay, playoff is a real thing now? They're number six, or are you still kind of like? hesitant, sitting it out, or do you still think you reside in the camp that says you lost by 46, you're not going to get in? We'll talk about that and hear from uh, the playoff committee ranking member, uh, what's his name, Boo Weekly? Is that what his name is? Boo Corrigan. Boo Corrigan. Is there a Boo, Boo There's Weekly a Boo Weekly. He's a PGA golfer. <laughs> I knew there was a Boo somewhere. We'll hear from him and what he thinks on Oregon. We'll do that next time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Kevin Bowen's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. How is it feeling in Indianapolis right now? It's got to be very low feeling. Or maybe there's reason for optimism. Uh, Jeff Saturday and uh, yesterday announced the assistant to the head coach, like the, the number two in line. It ain't Reggie Wayne. It isn't Gus Bradley. It is a 30-year-old coach whose highest level of coaching is grad assistant in college, and he's going to be also calling the plays this weekend. I cannot wait to watch this game. I can't. Josh McDaniel should be fired. He's a horrible head coach, and I don't know how many more points of evidence we need on this. The Raiders have talent, and they suck. They blew another 17-point lead, taking on Jeff Saturday in the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I cannot wait. To Holy crap! Game. I don't mean to disrespect the man's time, because he has spent some time. I looked at his resume, this 30-year-old, and he's he's had some time with actual football teams. Well, that's good. But I'm wondering how different this is going to be play calling for that guy than it would if you implemented me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to run a set up the pass. Because I'm not sure the expertise is that wide of a gap. And I'm I'm with you. I'm gambling on this game. Like, I want to really care about this game. I think I'm gambling on Jeff Saturday. As crazy as that They've is. They've got to be getting a decent amount of points, right? Uh, let me go look Isn't at the it, line. Is it in Vegas? I have, I can't remember, Okay, honestly. well, you look that up. Okay. We'll get to that coming up with Kevin Bowen. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit, a bit about this. I, it's Oregon-Washington week. It's a big deal. We'll dive more into this game. We talked about it yesterday. We'll dive more in tomorrow and Friday. I understand that. But I, serious, I sincerely ask you, did the committee make every Duck fan feel like, okay, the playoff is here now. It's time to have the conversation. Whereas last year, they beat Ohio State in week two, and it, it naturally goes to playoff, playoff, playoff. Now expectations are set. Mm-hmm. Oregon was good, but somewhat disappointing in a lot of ways. It took a while to get here. You got your ass kicked in week one, but are you there now? Are, are you seeing the light at the tunnel, or are you still backing up and saying, not even a consideration for me? I put a poll question on this. Do Duck fans, are they thinking about the playoff now? Do you see the path for Oregon in the playoff? I mean, you have to at this point. You're ranked sixth in the country. The most important aspect is the obvious statement: you have to win out. You got to take control of what you can control, and that is you got to beat. Uh, you got you got to win this weekend against Washington. You got to beat Utah in two weeks, which is a game that is going to be really difficult. And then you got to go on the road and play Oregon State before potentially getting to a Pac-12 championship game, where it's likely going to be UCLA or USC. Um, so, but yes, the path is there. Now, you're going to need some help because if TCU wins out, that that they're not going anywhere. You're not jumping an undefeated Power Five conference champion. The, the biggest question that I have remaining is, what does the committee do if, if I don't think it's going to happen, if LSU runs the table, 
because are they going to be willing to put a two-loss team in if it, if it's going to come from a conference? We all know it will be an SEC team. If they find a way to beat Georgia in the SEC title game, which I don't think will happen, but if it does, what do you do with a two-loss SEC team? And then how do they handle Tennessee and then the loser of Ohio State-Michigan? Like, those are the other two looming questions in my mind. Like, if Michigan-Ohio State make it undefeated to the final game of the season, which is likely, and that game goes to overtime and Michigan wins at 31-28, is that going to be enough to bounce Ohio State out? 11-1, and one, their only loss would have been to a top-three playoff team in Michigan by a field goal. Like, is that enough to eliminate mm. them? Is the loss for Tennessee this weekend enough to eliminate them? Because Oregon is still ranked behind them in the standings. Now, you're going to have some games against ranked teams coming up, so you're going to have a chance to potentially uh, jump through them. I don't believe Tennessee has any big games left. Let me look. No, they got Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and they're now not going to the SEC championship game unless Georgia loses twice, which ain't going to happen. So there are lingering questions, but ultimately I think the answer is yes. Most of this stuff figures its way out, and if you went out, you got a good shot, you got a good shot at making it. I think there'd be more chatter about it if the Ducks' remaining schedule wasn't so heavy. Yeah, but That's isn't the heavy – but, but – yeah. The heavy helps them. I was going to say is and the heavy so, helps yes, it. But I think. I think you still look at those games individually. You Going four in a row with that, you know, potentially four-ranked teams, you know, if Oregon State wins a couple here, they can sneak back in. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's – Well, we'll see about that. I, I'm not as convinced on that. So, I think Duck that. fans like, like, okay, yeah, but I'll worry about that if we – run the table running the table isn't a foregone conclusion it's not like you're playing no. arizona and colorado and cal to finish this up. week's team their their strength it, it goes directly against oregon's quote-unquote weakness mm-hmm. right outside of christian gonzalez there's a weakness there and so i, th- I think it kind of lines up where washington can make this game interesting maybe oregon will end up blowing them out but they they can make it we know utah's coming to eugene mm-hmm. they ain't lacking confidence i don't think that environment's going to rattle them like they they've been in an sec environment this year at the start of the season but oregon on paper and at least what i've seen they just appear to be better than all three of their remaining teams yeah they don't have as many holes I, I think it's the other teams. They're the best offensive line in all of college yeah. football right now statistically speaking it's it's pretty wild uh, to just kind of think that they've gotten themselves to this point. I did see yesterday uh, Dinich on ESPN talking about the possibility of Ohio State and Michigan both still getting in, no matter what happens in that game. If that's a close game and the loser's 11-1, and one, I, I wouldn't put it past the committee. I also wouldn't put it past them here, and I'm not telling you that if TCU goes on feed, they won't make it or that Oregon runs the table, they won't make it. I just it's something to consider. I don't know if Tennessee's been eliminated from that conversation no. no they have one they loss. shouldn't be eliminated no. they're a one loss and team i think that's the fear they could for... be they could beat maybe every team yeah. on that top 10 outside of georgia if they play yeah. them yeah like they're that good and so there's a possibility that if georgia plays lsu I, I would pick Georgia to win that game comfortably, and then there you go. You the have Georgia. The first thing that has to happen for the Ducks, really, is TCU taking a loss. That's the biggest thing you need. When yeah. t- if and when TCU takes a loss, then I think you can seriously start discussing this. Because the, the Big Ducks. 12 will be eliminated from the conversation at yes. that point. I think that's how they feel about that. That's evident. You've got UCLA, yes. USC, and Oregon. The committee yeah. may be disrespecting UCLA a little bit, but they respect the hell out of the Pac-12. Yeah. And so... If t- if and when TCU loses, then I think it becomes much more real. And then I think what the Ducks, Duck fans would fear is if it comes down for the number four spot between Tennessee and Oregon, 
does winning a Pac-12 conference championship overcome the direct? They both play Georgia. Tennessee played them better than the Ducks did, even though it was later in the season. I, I both double-digit law. I, I just I I think at that point that's what the argument in the room comes down. You're to. right, but you're, I think at that point for me, I know 46 is bigger than 14, but like you're grasping at straws. They were both blown out. Well, the 14 was misleading, too. I mean, that was a garbage-time touchdown that was scored. They were dominated yes. completely in that game. They didn't give up as many points, but their offense was totally shut down. I, I think the other thing you're rooting for, too, is a Ohio State-Michigan significant win. One of those teams winning by 10 or 14 points. Because if that, go, if that turns into a you know LSU-Alabama game from this weekend and it's two overtimes and it's back and forth, you're like, oh, my God, that was a classic game. Should you put them both in, though? I, I don't think you should. I haven't seen a resume for either one of those teams. To no. Go, both of them should be in a playoff. They haven't beaten that many ranked teams. No, I don't think you should. But that's the disaster scenario is if Tennessee wins out. But here's where the other thing is going to help Oregon. And, again, I, uh, some of this stuff I don't even like focusing on because Oregon could lose a game and all this becomes moot. Like they, 100%. They could lose to Washington this weekend you lose a yeah. utah in two weeks you lose a civil war right like all mm-hmm. of this stuff goes out the window the only thing that will help them against tennessee even though tennessee is ranked ahead of them now is what i just pointed out that is the schedule tennessee plays nobody in the last three weeks of the season uh and oregon has potentially three games to close the regular season against ranked teams we'll see what happens with oregon state uh but but utah will be ranked in the top 25 washington is ranked in the top 25 and then the winner of the ucla and usc game likely to go to the pac-12 championship and that will be a team ranked inside the top 10. And so you're going to have a lot of resume builders in the last month of the year. Here's Boo Corrigan with his thoughts on Oregon and how the committee's viewing Oregon. You know, right Oregon now. has had lost to, to Georgia early, but a win over UCLA, you know, averaging 40-plus points a game uh, in, in their eight-game winning streak in, in the job that Bo Nix has done. And you go backwards to, you know, that first game and, and Coach Landing, Landing's first game. You know, new quarterback, everything else going into it. It's not. It's not a reason per se that they did not win that game, but it certainly has come together in the last eight. So there you go. I think the committee, and I, I I'm kind of glad he said what he said last night because I, I've been screaming this. I know you've been screaming this. Like, 46 point loss doesn't look great when you look at it, but that was so long ago. It's a different team. They're playing as good a football almost as anybody in the country outside of Georgia. And, you know, maybe to be fair, TCU's undefeated and whatnot. But I, I think Oregon's as good as any of those teams uh, ranked above them outside of, of maybe Georgia. Well, definitely Georgia, but maybe Tennessee. But yeah, even then, like, they, they're in the conversation. So the committee's starting to kind of, like, not care as much about that week one loss the way that some of these national pundits on TV say that they do. Can't wait till we expand the playoff and we don't have to do this stupid crap. Win your conference yeah. and you're in. Oregon, that's all you would have to worry about. Not you need this team to lose, that team to lose. We need this bounce, this bounce. Win your conference and you're in. And that's where yeah. college football should be. Uh, what's going on in Indianapolis with the Colts? That situation seems kind of laughable from outside of Indy. How do they feel about everything Jim Mersey has done, the coaching moves, and what their future holds? Kevin Bowen will join us coming up next for the Daily Ticker. we got Statter Story around the corner as well. Dirt and Sprague, a whole lot more to get into. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. 
We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this... Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Wednesday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And we have been following the last couple of days the stories out of Indianapolis and uh, wondering to ourselves, what the hell are the Colts doing? And we thought, you know what, let's bring our buddy Kevin Bowen on, at Bowen 1070 uh, from Indy. He's a radio host there in Indy at 107.5. The fan, Kevin, good morning to you. I just got to start with a simple question. What the hell are the Colts doing? Boy, you sound like us uh, the last couple of days. I've had the same question myself. Um, you know, I think largely, a, uh, and I might be a little out of bounds here with this comment, but I think it's an owner on a power trip. Oh. Um, I think it goes back to the Daniel Snyder comments from a few weeks back to Jim Irsay, um, and I commended him for it, very public, and um, reprimanded, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but certainly called out Daniel Snyder and the accusations out there. Um, and, you know, Jim Irsay was beloved around the NFL for that 24, 40-hour period right after that. And I think Irsay, who's a very emotional human being, I think got caught up in that. And he decided to kind of use the power that he obviously has as owner within his own organization with the benching of Matt Ryan and the starting of Sam Ellinger, and then the firing of Frank Reich and going to Jeff Saturday, who is part of this greatest era in Colts history. And Irsay has long had an affinity for that. They were here in Indianapolis a few weeks ago. Uh, one of their great players, Tara Glenn, went into the team's ring of honor. Saturday was here for that. And I just think it, it, a bit of a hopeless romantic gets caught up in all that and thinks, all right, let's bring him in here. Um, let's try and write a Hollywood script. Yeah, there was a funny video where Peyton Manning was seen screaming at Jeff Saturday years ago on the sidelines. Like they were verbally going back and forth. And Glenn stands up in between Saturday and Manning. And Manning suddenly backs down. I was like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll hey, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool, man. I'm cool. It's all cool now. Uh, I thought that was a great video. Look, Saturday might, you know, he might hold a special place in a lot of Colts fans' hearts. Much like Green Bay, though, you guys get, you get Manning and then you get Luck. They get Favre, then they get Rodgers. At some point, some of that luck's going to go against you, right? The way the Bears have had that go against them, the way for many years the Browns had that go against them. Is there any thought out in Indianapolis or how people feel about, man, if, if they don't hit on a quarterback with this guy as the owner, this thing could get really ugly. Like, as, as, as much as he wants to brag about the upper quartile of the NFL, you could easily just be at the bottom before you know it and you go, we can't get ourselves out of a tailspin. That Frank Reich situation, I'm not saying it was all him, but the general manager, some of the personnel they decided to pick, like, it just, it, it's not been great for a few years, really since Luck left. And so, like, where you guys sit right now on the future of the Colts with him at the helm and so much uncertainty right now? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with so much of what you just said. Um, you know, you look at the Ursa ownership. He took over in eight, uh, 97 for his dad who passed, and obviously Manning comes here in 98, number one overall pick, Andrew Luck in 2012. 
Luck abruptly retires for that 2019 season, and you've been in quarterback purgatory since. And they've decided to go the Band-Aid patchwork route at quarterback. And when you do that, and I would say this for any NFL franchise, when you do that, you create a ceiling over your operation. Uh, it might be a high ceiling for a year or two. Tampa Bay and L.A. found that out with Brady and, and Stafford. But look at both of those situations. Mm-hmm. Even they realize that that's not going to be five to seven years down the road. That's not going to be what Kansas City has right now, what Buffalo has, what Baltimore has, what the, what the Chargers you know, think they have with Justin Herbert, those other AFC teams. So um, I think it's been a refusal, and their general manager has been a big part of this, Chris Ballard, in swinging the bat. Um, you have to swing the bat. And by that I mean you got to take a chance at quarterback in the draft. And the success rate, obviously, is not 75% or anything like that. Um, it, it's difficult, but until you swing the bat, I think you just create a low short-term ceiling for, again, any franchise. Um, and I think the Colts have finally realized that it's time to swing the bat. And, of course, we'll see what happens this season with their record and, you know, Carolina and Houston and Detroit, some of those quarterback-needing teams and how all of that plays out in April. Yeah, we're talking with Kevin Bowen, 107.5, the fan, and Indy at Bowen 1070 on Twitter. Go give him a follow. You mentioned Ballard there, who I, I think lost in the shuffle of them hiring Jeff Saturday. We were also shocked by it and watching that press conference about top quartiles of top quartiles and then dropped in there and was like, hey, uh, by the way, Chris Ballard's going to be back. How, how are fans feeling about that, and is that the right move? Yeah, it's awkward, really awkward. Um you know, the Colts have hired an interim head coach in Jeff Saturday, and I feel confident saying that Jeff Saturday has Jim Irsay's ear more than Chris Ballard has wow. Jim Irsay's ear She's the right now. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's weird. It's murky. Um, you know, Ballard's under contract through 2026, so there's a lot of finances there, and he probably wants to, you know, continue to receive those. But if I were him and if I didn't think about the finances for a second, I'd probably resign. I would trust my resume that I could get a job somewhere else. And I don't want to act like Ballard's been some, you know, perfect roster building constructor, you know, extraordinaire here. He's had faults, certainly. But at the same time, he's also had a lot of hits. And I think he's well-respected around the league that he would get another opportunity. Hmm. Uh, but you got to read the room. I mean, Jim, I think you guys brought it up earlier. The closest thing to Peyton Manning Jim Mercer was ever going to get is Jeff Saturday. When you look at the belovedness and, and, and just the relationship with Manning and all of those things. So, um, it's awkward. Um, I know with Jim Mercer, I asked Jim Mercer that question on, on, on Monday night. You know, is Chris Bauer going to be around? And he was very strong in his conviction in saying yes, but um, I'll kind of believe it when I see it. And, again, I think it's a two-way street with, with that. One thing on the quartile, and not to turn this into a math problem, um, but, you know, Jim Mercer is going back to that 2000 era. And from 2000 to 2009, it's the winningest decade in the history of the NFL. You look at the regular season win total. It is that. But, guys, I mean, that's 2009. That's 13 years ago. I mean, that is light years in the NFL. If he were to look at it in the last eight years, no division titles, one playoff win in the easiest division in the AFC, every other AFC team has won a division title or has been in the playoffs longer. That's Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee. We're not talking about the class of the NFL (laughs) with those three teams. And I think you got to live in reality. And I think this is my opinion, but I think fans also share this um, from Monday night. Ursay's living too much in the past. Mm-hmm. It was a very defensive press conference of his resume. It's been a hell of a run. But 2000 to 2009 
has zero relevance on the Colts in 2022. It'd be like the blockbuster CEO coming out today and being like, <laughs> you know what? No one, no one can create a business where people come to rent movies like we can. Well, sure, in the year, what, 2006? This is 2022, and the reality is you've been in the upper quartile of the bottom half, if I have that right, in the NFL. <laughs> can, can I ask you, I, I want to ask you about Parks Frazier here. I, I find this fascinating. Like, it's a part of the story that's not maybe getting enough attention because I'm going to tell you right now, you might think this is dumb to say out loud, Kevin. I'm hammering the Colts plus six at the Raiders. I see a floundering coach in Vegas, and I see a team that's got a 30-year-old who's probably just going to try to run his best Chip Kelly imitation in Vegas getting points. I'm excited about it, even though he has no real experience here. I want to ask you a random question, though. I've watched a lot of the Manning cast this year, and I watched a little bit of it last year. Has it resonated in Indy, or have you guys noted it feels like Peyton identifies with the Broncos far more on that broadcast than he does with the Colts. I just feel like it's so Denver-driven Manning, more, more so than Indy Manning-driven. Am I wrong on this observation, or have you uh, observed this? Well, if you were on our airways, it would be salt-meeting wounds for Colts fans <laughs> when you say that out loud. But you're right. You're a 1,000% right. I mean, if you want to get in the weeds of it, the Colts were on Monday Night Football or are on Monday Night Football twice this season. They were on it once last year. Uh, Manning did not do the game last year and has not done or will not do either of their games this season. Um, at the end of the day, Jim Mercer cut Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, that that is what happened in the 2011 season. I thought it was the right move, frankly. I understand what Peyton did in Denver. The Colts would not have won a Super Bowl um, here in Indianapolis had Peyton stayed to finish out his, his career. And, again, Andrew Luck was waiting for you. Um, but, yes, you are 100% right. Obviously, he lives there. I mean, his children have largely been raised there. I mean, that's a big part of it. I've got two young kids, and, and just watching how much they resonate with the local, you know, teams, it's hard to kind of instill to them, no, 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 daddy played for this team for 13 years, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you should be a fan there. You go to school, and your kids aren't fans of the Colts. Um, so I, I understand all of that. Um, I think it pains Ursay. Um, he tried to continue to create – strong relationship with Peyton. Peyton hands it in a very politician-like way. I, I, he probably sensed that on the Manning cast when he does talk about the Colts. Um, so, yes, that is very difficult for Colts fans to um, grasp, but it's 1,000% true. Uh, Parks Frazier, we'll get you out here with this one. He is now going to be calling the plays. Nobody knew who was going to do it until yesterday. He is the assistant to the coach. So he comes in as a 30-year-old relatively unproven coach grad assistant is about as much experience as he has and he comes in and he's in the number two now in that entire coaching room uh your thoughts on parks frazier and potentially gambling on the colts this weekend well gosh the gambling part makes me just sweat a little bit there um i get the raiders have been the peak of dysfunction as well but they've at least had leads this season i think the colts have led like you know four percent of their minutes played that's got to be bottom quartile of leading right (laughs) well yes bottom quartile bottom quartile bottom quartile yes that is exactly right um parks frazier guys i don't want to sound like a homer here i like the move yes you know look at where you're at right now as a franchise look at what you did at quarterback what does every nfl owner try and achieve right now in, in today's nfl who made sean McVay's coffee seven years ago. That's what every owner is, is looking for. Well, you know what? Jeff Saturday walked in that building and thought, do I have a young offensive mind here that's intriguing? Do I have a guy that when we make that quarterback move in the next, you know, probably eight months, 
that you can maybe groom that pairing together and they can kind of rise to the ranks. I get it's lofty. I get it sounds outrageous, but I understand it. I mean, no other in-house candidates jumped off the page at me. I mean, you had an interim play caller as a QB coach in Scott Milanovic. He did it in Jacksonville for five games. They averaged nine points a game. Scotty Montgomery's your running backs coach. Um, again, he's a running backs coach. I, I tend to like a little bit more of a quarterback background. Scotty did do some play calling uh, college-wise. Um, and for what it's worth, with Sam Ellinger as a starter, Parks Frazier has worked with Ellinger the closest behind the scenes, and he's been with Frank Reich's offense since 2018. So I think there's reasons behind it. Again, it's much more of a long-term view, which totally goes against Jim Irsay's adamant, you know, stomping of his feet that the Colts are not tanking. Actions would indicate otherwise. Um, as far as gambling, uh, there's no chance in hell you could get me to bet on the Colts on Sunday. <laughs> Well, I know you guys have crappy teams right now, and it's not always the funnest to go through that. I hope you guys get Wimbanyama. I hope you're rewarded with Victor Wimbanyama. <laughs> hey, we are all aboard the Benedict Matherin, and I guess in Pac-12 country, and yeah. Chris Duarte, unfortunately, a little bit banged up right yeah. now. But Halliburton's five been good. Five and five right now. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, Matherin's been really good. Five and five, the Indiana Pacers. I did not have in my bingo card the Pacers could have more wins than the Colts at this point in their respective seasons. I love it, man. And, hey, you talked me into taking the Colts plus six. Let's get weird this weekend. Kevin Bowen at KBowen1070 on Twitter, 107.5, uh, the fan in Indy. We always appreciate the time, man. I'm sure things have been entertaining for you, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. You bet, guys. Have a great week. There you go. Kevin Bowen of 107.5, the fan in Indy. And I want to talk a little bit about this on the other side because the Colts are letting a guy call plays that we just – this needs to get discussed. <laughs> also, their opponent this weekend, which team has been more disappointing this year? Uh, the Raiders or another team? And I want to tell you what that other team is. And I'm just curious, where, where are fans at on that? So we'll dive in a little NFL talk. That is next on the – All right, welcome back in. 751. Sadder story coming up, final hour. For those who are just uh, jumping in your car and you're trying to text, if you are trying to text, the, the text line is down. Uh, it's not our fault, actually. We, we found that out as the morning has gone on. This one's not on Odyssey. It's on our text line. And uh, so hopefully it's back up and running soon. It probably won't be, but just wanted to give an alert. We were we were told that it might be two weeks. But <laughs> two, we're, two weeks. It's a Josh Allen injury. We just We don't know. We'll have to wait to evaluate further, and we'll give you an update when we can. Uh, I love this story, and it just keeps getting better and better. The Colts have hired a head coach, not not officially, he's an interim head coach, but he's never coached above the high school level, Jeff Saturday. They have now decided to go with a play caller who has never called plays. <laughs> he's the passing game specialist and assistant quarterbacks coach, and his name is Parks Frazier. I, I am, I'm going to gamble on the Colts only for the fact that his name is Parks Frazier, and that's a great name. Parks is his first name. He's now calling plays in the NFL. He's I'm on 30. Board. He's 30 years old. Like, I'm all over this. Uh, so I guess uh, Saturday got into town, and he started sitting down with offensive staff members to, like, interview them on who should be the person in charge of calling the plays. Uh, Scott Milanovic was one of the other guys. He is the current quarterback's coach. Um, but they ended up landing on Parks Frazier. And for a couple of reasons, he's been really close to Frank Reich uh, over the last couple of years. And he's he, Reich leaned heavily on him. He's kind of a, moved up as you know the ladder the last couple of seasons. He's a super computer science analytical guy. He's a big numbers guy, kind of behind the scenes for them. Uh, and he has worked really closely with Sam Ellinger. But uh, this is like either going to be 
hilarious and blow up in all of our faces for making fun of the Colts, or it's going to be the train wreck that a lot of people imagine. And either way, I cannot look away, and I can't wait for this. I, I don't. You really think it's there's a possibility where this blows up in our faces, and we're they're the ones laughing at us because I I think Kevin hit on something here. They got generational quarterback luck. That doesn't happen for many franchises. Hell, the Bears, as happy as they are with Fields today, eh, you're still not 100% sure he's a franchise guy. You largely haven't ever had one. And so, yeah, I, I might want to gamble the Colts because it's funny. And he's a 30-year-old who probably played an S-ton of Madden. And so his playbook is going to be, I'm going for it. Go long. You know, he's going he's gonna to be creative, I think, in play calling. and not He's as, got nothing to lose, man. Yeah, I would open the nothing hell out of that lose. playbook. And I, I just tend to believe a lot of, like, younger guys. Look at the trends of football. It's pretty wild. It, it, once upon a time, football was run by old guys who came up through the ranks. And yeah. now it's like the, the preemptive play callers of their time are in their mid-40s, old 30s. I mean, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan... Right, I know it's not going well, but they have no receivers. Matt LaFleur was in this conversation. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel in Miami may have the best offense in football. The preemptive minds of football. Kellen Moore for the Cowboys. I mean, you kind of go through it, and it's like young, 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 young. That tends to be the wave. I don't see any conceivable path where this makes us look dumb, though. This team isn't going to suddenly rattle off wins. I mean, they could win this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and but that's a conversation for disappointment on the other team. That division also sucks, too. That division does suck, but they're not better than the Titans. They're not getting the Titans. The Titans have that division. Maybe the Jags can come back, but like you don't trust them at the end of games. You don't trust the Colts team. Houston's awful. Like The Titans run that division. If they win this weekend, I think that's more a story about McDaniel and how he is not a true leader of, of a team and how he's probably going to get fired after one year. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened if you lose this weekend. They are at home. It's a six-point spread. Vegas is favored by six over Indy. Well, and the, the Raiders are known notoriously for blowing huge leads. I'll say this. This is a wild little theory that I'm working on. I think the reason Belichick didn't hire an offensive coordinator and he's letting a pencil scientist run the plays who largely called defense, I think Belichick knows what everybody else knows. McDaniels ain't a real leader. He's going to be back in a year. And I think he's going to be right crawling back to Bill Belichick next year. And, oh, look at that. We hired an offensive coordinator. Are you guys happy now? Now <laughs> shut up about it. You want to know how bad the Colts are? This is how bad the Colts are. They knew what plays the Patriots were running. There was a report that came out this week that said uh, some of the Colts linebackers were calling out their signals as they were coming out of the huddle and lining up in formation, knowing what play they were going to run, and they still lost the game 26-3. to And Belichick even acknowledged it. He was like, yeah, it felt like they knew, based on where certain people were making tackles, they knew exactly where we were going with the football. It wasn't like New England's offense was scoring 55 <laughs> points in that football game. I'm not surprised to hear that. It's it's incredibly disappointing what's happened in Indy. Um, that offensive line. I have no explanation for it. That's one of the highest-paid offensive lines. Quentin be Nelson. Much better. That offensive line has been incredibly disappointing. It's one of the more disappointing positional groups in the entire league this year, the Colts' offensive line. You mentioned the Raiders there. I want to start the final hour with them uh, because they're they're connected to this Colts story. But also, I mean, it's just incredible how disappointing they've been this year. I mean, I go back to conversations we had about the Raiders coming into the year. Hey, they made the playoffs last year. Hey, give them respect. I mean, they're they're 2-6. and six. They're done. They're cooked. Where are we at? And between them and another team, which has been more disappointing? I also got a question about the AFC uh, and a couple other NFL notes that we have not had a chance to get into uh, yet this week. So I want to do a little uh, NFL talk in the final hour. we got Saturday story coming up at 8.15. Loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.